Hello and welcome to Fram Jacket and our podcast hosted by me, Nick Hussey, the Fram guy, um, who's going to wang on in this podcast. So unusually, there is no guest. Normally, we like to talk to people about their lives and what makes them tick and the good and the bad stuff um, because we're interested in real life and about mental health and about just having a chat to each other because that's important but this week i'm just talking about jackets going to be really selfish however i think you will find this really interesting i should add that it would be really nice if you reviewed this podcast um hopefully in a nice way and followed us and you can also visit our website on farmjacket.com that was a plug let's crack on bye Hello, I thought I'd do a one-off podcast about jackets. Uh, We sell jackets, and sometimes I'm quite apologetic about that, but it is actually what we do, and you seem to really like jackets. I like jackets very, very much, and I think it's very interesting. Uh, Also, people seem to find it very interesting how um, I came about designing them and what the rationale is behind each jacket in terms of the design, the style, and particularly the features, the fabrics, etc. So I thought that I would talk about that and explain that um, because I think, uh, well, if I'm interested in it, maybe you will be too. Hmm. So um, when I created Fram, I I only wanted to do jackets because they're my favourite thing. There's something about jackets. Uh, they're sort of tough. They're like armour. Um, they uh, keep their style. Uh, it's not like a sort of white shirt where you might get worry about it getting creased and knackered and you know some stains on it and by the end of the day you don't look the same as when you started um jackets are enveloping they're sort of cozy in winter you feel fully protected in summer they add smartness uh, i i would probably just buy jackets if i was a punter who didn't actually make my own um and in fact i'm pretty much thinking about it all I've ever bought really is jackets and cycling gear and then have been forced by my wife to buy trousers and jeans and tops. Um, and the thing about jackets as well is you can put a lot onto them. You can do a lot with them. They can, uh, you can add nice stuff like pockets and buttons and zips. Um, and they have a huge range of uses. And the most important thing is they are useful. They actually do a job. And that's my thing. I like things that are beautiful that work. I don't like things that just look nice. Um, now, of course, in a creative world, of course I do. I, I love, you know, pure art. But clothes have to do a job first. And what I get really, I, I think most people, most entrepreneurs, most people who design products, uh, that's born out of frustration. And my frustration came from buying and seeing products that I thought were substandard in terms of the way they were specced, in terms of how they performed, the promises they they made that weren't kept. Um, uh, Big brands that clearly, especially now I know, you know, these fabrics and the production techniques were basically uh, trying to maximise margin and he showed in what what they are making. Uh, Can't name names. Um, And... um, Beautiful things, you know, I, I used to always buy my clothes from sample sales in my 20s uh, because I would wear pretty mad stuff and, you know, I'd got buy from Moschino and places like that, you know, really nuts things. All, I'd always go for the mad colours. Um, but they were totally impractical. 
Um, practicality became quite a big deal as I became more professional and sort of uh, went up the ladder in London. And I had to look pretty smart and I had to continue looking smart. And of course, I started commuting by bike. This is where Volpine came from was I had to have different changes of clothing and go and have showers at work and all this stuff because I was riding my bike. And Volpine was a thing which was very much about combining style and practicality because um, basically cycling gear was either really naff and smelly and horrible or you wore normal clothes and then you were soaking wet and horrible um, anyway. And I found a happy medium where I took performance fabrics and cut them so that they were comfortable but also stylish. And that seemed to do very well. So I took what I learned from that. I went, right. So when Volpine went bust, because we basically bought too much stock for too much growth, the stock didn't turn up. We didn't have access to cash. We went bust because we didn't have cash, not because we weren't growing. I thought, right, this is because of growth. This is because about size and scale, because it's about the number of different products we're making. Uh, I saw the strain um, on the poor guys who were actually creating these products with me and going to the factories and making sure they got made. And the more strain you create, the more risk you create. And also the more strain on me. Uh, personally, of course, I had a nervous breakdown that was essentially because of the strain I put myself on throughout the company's history, which was then broken by uh, going bust and uh, all the sort of horrible stuff that happened within it. So I thought, okay, well, I definitely don't want to go bust. That's pretty obvious. Um, so I have to have a safe company. So I have to have a simple company. Um, and I just fucking love jackets. So I'm going to make jackets. Jackets are always the most successful thing at Volpine. It's the things that got the best reviews, the things we sold most of, particularly the Volpine Harrington Rain jacket. So I thought, hmm, right. So that's something clearly I have learned and I can understand that very clearly I'm good at. There is evidence for that. Um, now, let's just stop for a second. Who the fuck am I to make jackets? I have no formal training. I have... Uh, gone to university to do sports science. There may be some relevance there. I'm quite analytical for a creative person. Um, I did biomechanics and ergonomics. So I'm very interested in the way that things work with the body, how the body works and moves um, its restrictions. Um, and really, I'm just a consumer of clothing. And I'm just a because of that analytical nature, I guess, that I just look at things and wonder why it's made that way and why it isn't made another way. And I can just remember being constantly frustrated with anything I bought and just think, oh, I would have done it that way. And eventually you have to say to yourself, well, if I'm that bloody frustrated by it, why I do it myself? You know, that's what I think a lot of us attempted sometimes in our jobs where we may have expertise in something and somebody says, oh, why are you doing it that way? And you go, look, mate, if you don't like it, why don't you do it yourself? And so I sort of said that to myself and thought, yeah, mate, come on. <laughs> Why don't you actually do it instead of whinging? So um, I, I think that those decades of wearing clothing, and obviously we've all worn clothing for decades because you kind of have to. Um, people are generally not that happy if you walk around naked most of the time, and it's fairly impractical, particularly in Britain. But um, I, I was consuming clothing really consciously, very carefully, always thinking about it. I could pretty much name every single garment I bought, where I bought it, when I bought it, how much, what I thought of it. I could, I was pretty much writing bullet lists about it all the time without even realising this was going to be, this was becoming an obsession and an extreme interest. 
And looking back, this is all preparation. So I had all this information and all this, this thought process ready to start making clothes. Of course, I had no idea how to actually make them. And this is the key, is I am essentially a creative director. Uh, it sounds fancy, but what it means is I know what I want, but other people make it. Other people do it. So I guide. So um, let's come back to Fram. So with Fram, I went, okay, I'm going to make jackets. Um, I'm going to make men's jackets because I know that best because I'm out of my comfort zone with women's jackets. I think that uh, I have made women's jackets well in the past. Perhaps they were a little bit too masculine. Um, I, I would need more help with that. And also, I really want to do a men's brand because I really think that men's brands need a reshuffle, uh, that men's brands are too um, perfect and, uh, and sort of alpha and old school masculine. And I wanted a different kind of men's brand. So I thought, okay, fine, men's jackets, there we go, bosh. To be sensible and safe, I'm going to make very few jackets and I'm going to make them in very low numbers so that um, there is high demand for them, um, that there is pre-orders, that they sell out uh, quickly so that I'm not putting things on sale because sales are very bad for businesses because they erode your margin. Margin is very important to a small business owner because that pays for everything. That pays for the office that I'm standing in. It pays for the computer and the website. Um, it pays what will hopefully be a wage soon when we get a bit bigger. And it just pays for existence, basically. When a clothing company does sales, it makes it less likely you will continue to exist. But you have to create demand. And this is where I played on my, I have hopefully two strengths. That is creating a brand and uh, a strong brand that is hopefully loved. And that's about being real and authentic. And this is a separate podcast. Um, and the other thing is creating great product. So if I can create enough demand and interest in a low number of jackets, hopefully I've made a safe company. My company needs to be safe so that it provides for my family. I'm not going to try and grow it really fast. I am going to restrict the amount of jackets I'm going to do. And these are literally written on the wall in this office. I will not do these things. I will do these things. That is the framework that we must work within. Stick to the strategy. That's what we say to each other. Me, Jason, Emily, we always say to each other, stick to the strategy. Tough. You can't make more jackets. You can't do this. You must stick to that. And that gives you actually, it's got a lot of freedom because you know your framework. You know what the path looks like. We're going to make relatively few jackets and um, we're only going to make jackets and we're not going to make many of them. Uh, I think I just repeated myself there, as usual. So um, with Fram, the great advantage was, so this goes back to what I was talking about five minutes ago, is with Volpine, I had no clue how to make them. So I was a creative director. I knew what I wanted, but I didn't know how to do it. So I went to a designer. The designer would turn them into computer-aided designs CADs, um, which actually were correct dimensions, which had the right kind of stitching. They would help me with fabrics. I didn't know how to get the right fabrics. I knew what I wanted, but didn't know what they were, or where to get them. Um, and then we would find factories. Very, very hard to find factories not just because it's kind of a closed world. Generally, if a factory's advertising itself, it's probably not a good factory. It's a bit like builders. If you have a really busy builder, they're probably a very good builder. It's frustrating because you have to wait and you have to beg <laughs> for them to work with you, but it's worth it in the end. Um, 
And of course, the biggest problem, which if you're a clothing manufacturer, you will recognize and nod and roll your eyes at is if you've got a great factory, why would they make small numbers for you? You know, why couldn't, why should they? So it's really hard to find a factory that will help you and give you decent terms, which is another nightmare, um, make you small numbers and still be really high quality. And that was a constant struggle of Volpine. With Fram, I had worked with a lot of factories and I knew exactly who I'd go to. So that was something out of the way. I went to um, Eva in uh, Sofia. So a lot of people think that um, our jackets are made in Britain. They're not. They're made in Bulgaria. And you go, oh, right, hang about. A lot of people go, oh, right, you're saving money. I'm not. Trust me, I'm not. It is about quality. It's all about quality. There is one very, very simple reason I go to one factory right now. For other jackets, I may have to go to others. You always have to have options. And I go to that factory because I know them and I trust them. I like them. I like, I know Eva, the owner. I've looked her in the eye. She's looked me in the eye. We have a relationship. That's fun. It's important. It matters. I know that her quality is amazing. I can remember the first sample they ever did for us. I was like, holy shit, this is better than anything I've ever seen before. You just know straight away. Everything they do is amazing. That's why I go there. Simple. No other reason. People say, why don't you make it manufacturing in Britain? I go, I'd love to. If I can find what Eva can do in the UK, I definitely want to do that. But I can't. If you're in Britain and you've got a factory, you can do the same thing as me, let, as, as Eva, let me know. But right now, I haven't found it. I also have a problem with the sort of xenophobia that can exist about manufacturing in other countries. I've never seen myself as a sort of Britain first sort of person. Oh God, that's political, isn't it? But um, I, I am a citizen of the world. Um, I am very happy to give people in other countries my money if they do something really well. Why wouldn't I? If you don't like that, don't buy our jackets. I have no problem with manufacturing different countries if what they if I'm giving money to nice people who do amazing things. Why would I? They're all humans. They're lovely. Great. Okay, that's a bugbear of mine. Let's move that out of the way. So, um, I've got my factory and I haven't got my designs. The design element is the most important aspect of all this. How do I come up with designs? Well, first of all, I think of a usage. I think, hmm, what do I use jackets for? What am I lacking? I don't think about the market. I think about me. But I think the best creativity, the best things that, you, that come from nothing come from your heart. And not that jackets are like some drippy, super emotional thing, but you know, just, I, I like jackets. I care about jackets. I'm passionate about them. What am I passionate about right now? Hmm. Oh, I never made a field jacket of Volpine. Maybe a field jackets didn't really work for Volpine. You know, they're, they're, they're too heavy or they're, they're too complicated. Oh, maybe I should have. Mm -mm. But I used this wax fabric. Um, on our Made in Britain collection at Volpine, which was a stay wax fabric, essentially a washable wax fabric. And I, oh, I love that fabric. It was so good. It had performance, but it was tough. It looked beautiful. You could machine wash it. You know, I really like the factory, British Millerade in, in the north. I want that fabric. And that fabric would make an amazing field jacket. Ah, oh, I think I might have my first design. Hmm, how do I make a better field jacket? Well, first of all, that fabric really, really makes a difference. Uh, a lot of field jackets are made with uh, a classic waxed fabric. Um, 
that has that sort of sticky feeling. You can't wash it. Um, it's a very classic thing, but it's not my bag. It also makes quite a heavy jacket. And that jacket is literally heavy with wax. Um, you'll notice about our field jacket is lightweight. So I thought, okay, that fabric is gonna make a huge difference. It's really crisp and clean as well. It means it's gonna keep its shape as I hold my, my field jacket in my hand. Um, and so he says, since he actually finds one in the rack, God, we've run out, haven't we? So um, see if I can find one. So in my office, I have a couple of boxes with what's left of the stock. And I'm literally going through them right now. Um, and there's a, there's a bag with a field jacket in, um, a medium that's left. So actually, what I should do is get my own field jacket. That's a stupid thing. Right, here we are. So I always keep my own jackets here to sort of compare to the stock. Well, this is fascinating, isn't it? What, a, what amazing podcasting <laughs> this is. Right, so this field jacket, the next thing about, you start with the fabric for me. For fabric is everything. You've got to start there. You have a rough design, a style. I like using classic styles and adapting them. So a field jacket is really classic established style. Next, I'm going to say, okay, I need a fabric that works for that. And now you really start to have the core uh, of what this is. And the next is fit. For me how are we going to cut this and what i really like is jackets that move um, jackets that you can do stuff in i get really frustrated by jackets you can stand up in you can't sit down in or jackets you can't raise your arms in um, jackets you can't run in that make you too hot and that's about breathability um, jackets that don't work in the rain so you want them to be showerproof or waterproof rainproof and you have different specifications and you always have that balance so people can say why didn't you make that field jacket waterproof well, waterproof is a designation. It has to be waterproof. It's really clear. It's uh, seam sealed. Uh, it's actually a legal definition. You can't call a showerproof jacket waterproof. If you ever see that happening, that is illegal. It's literally illegal. Um, and so it should be. So the field jacket is showerproof. Um, I've been in pretty heavy rain for half an hour before it started to feel it coming through. That's pretty good, but it's not waterproof. Um, I don't seem to see it anyway, so I can't call it that. Um, but it is very breathable. It's a fast drawing, really breathable, really practical jacket, really practical um, sort of merging sort of on the seesaw between waterproofness and breathability. And I think in Britain, particularly any sort of um, changeable climate, you need a jacket because I wanted to design a jacket that had very wide usage and purpose, which I think is probably why it's so successful and well-reviewed, is it has a really wide usage. In the Britain, you probably use it from September through to April, even May. Really, you don't need to wear a field, you wouldn't wear this field jacket only in summer. Um, and you wear layers underneath it when it's deep winter, because it's not super warm, it's not thermal. Anyway, so, so the cut, I've added um, uh, room in the shoulders, um, so that you can move and you can lean forwards, like if you're on a bike or lean, bending over. Um, the arms are a bit longer, um, but not crazy long, so that um, uh, when you put your arms forwards, whether you're on a bike or you're lifting something, you don't have exposed wrists. That also means you're a bit taller. Uh, makes sense. But interestingly, it's cut. So if you're, I have quite short arms and legs, um, but it doesn't look silly on me. It's just a little 
thing we've managed to do. Um, pleating in the shoulders so that you have give, um, so that it's shaped the right way. Um, pleating in the elbows so it's articulated. Li lots of little things. This is the things that I always loved in other people's jackets is finding the little bits and pieces that make the difference. And this is what our customers talk about in the reviews. Um, this is the thing I obsess about is tweak, 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 little bit, little bit, little bit. Get it just right. I, it, it's that search for, for perfection. You'll never get there. Perfection is impossible to reach, but it's fun trying. <sighs> so with the field jacket, uh, four pockets, love four pockets. I really like clean straight lines. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of curves on men's jackets. So, um, so you have four pockets that um, are quite sharply sort of cut. Um, and what I decided was that I wanted cargo pockets at the bottom um, and then smaller pockets at the top, which balances the jacket. It's kind of classic field thing. But what I want, did want to do is I wanted to have proper fleecy hand pockets behind the main cargo pockets. Um, I really get frustrated by jackets you can't put your hands into <laughs> properly and don't have pockets for your hands in the right places. Um, and I spec really, really fine micro fleece, just about the finest micro fleece you can get. Um, and you really notice the difference. You go, oh, that's nice. It's funny. I watch people at the market I do in Froome and when they put their hands in the pockets, they go, oh, oh, that's nice. Um, I spec um, these quite absolute bastard to get hold of um these italian uh, hardened stainless steel um snaps so um what i dislike about some of the bigger brand field jackets is that it's a sort of cheap bling um sort of brass snaps which i think uh, there are too much for me i like quite a down played um design so i, I spec gunmetal so everything is gunmetal that's metal because I, 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 I'm dampening down the shininess. I just think it adds a bit of class. Um, so these snaps are gunmetal. Um, they're very hard wearing um, and they just modernize it a little bit. If you look on the images online, uh, everything's just tweaked up towards modern without losing that classicness. That is the area that I sort of operate in, I guess. That's what, uh, what I get off on. So uh, the zips, I think the zips are the, the sort of next most important thing after fabric and fit. Um, I hate zips that break. I hate the zips that don't work, that stick, you can't get in. Um, for that reason, I didn't do a two-way zip. Uh, people ask me for two-way zips, but two-way zips are a bitch to use. So I just hate anything. I hate anything on a jacket where you go, oh, oh, this is annoying. You know, I don't want any annoyance ever. Um, so again, these are custom uh, zips from YKK. They're um, hard and stainless steel. You have to wait for them. Um, you know, they are lovely. They're very expensive. Okay, let's talk about expense. Um, any trolling that we get for Fram is, uh, is about how much these jackets cost. So the field jacket is 395 quid. If you buy it on pre-order, which is most, most people have to do now, um, because you have, if you want to get the size or the color you want, you're gonna have to do that. Um, we give you 20% off. We might not need to do that 20% off, um, but I think that if we're gonna take your money, which we do in advance, and we've got it, I recognize that, then we should reward you for that. Um, I use that money to fund the company. I use that fund money to grow the company. I'm very overt and clear about that. That's how this company is, is safe and grows. Um, we do almost our orders on pre-order. Um, you can refund that money and have that money refunded at any time. 
but you're doing us a favor. So we'll do you a favor. You get 20% off your pre-order. Um, it, it is a symbiotic relationship. I believe that in that in business. I like the concept, the old concept of, hello, I have some cucumbers. Can you give me some grain? In other words, I've got a jacket. Can you give me your cash? It's an exchange. Thank you very much for your favor. You may have a discount for helping me. Um, I like this peer level sort of transaction thing. Anyway, so people talk about <laughs> the price and they go, mate, what the fuck? 395 quid for a j- jacket? That's ludicrous. And you go, well, fine, don't buy it then. Uh, well, you know, that's what I want to say. And sometimes I do say it, but let me give you an explanation. You buy a 10 pound jacket, a 50 pound jacket, a hundred pound jacket. There have been compromises. Everything is a compromise. If I made a completely uncompromised jacket, it'd be worth a billion quid. It would be made out of the most space age, NASA, everything. Uh, but this is the real world. So I have made the best possible jacket I can for the real world. That is always my aim. Be pragmatic, but, but stretch that pragmatism as far as you can. 400 quid for me feels like the right level. I designed a jacket that was going to be expensive, but which was going to be really worth it. It would last. And that's the thing. A jacket, for me, our environmental policy is we'll try and use natural fabrics wherever we can. Uh, but mainly what we do is we make a jacket that will last. If it has something that happens to it, it can be repaired. It will stick around for a very long time. Fast fashion, cheap crap is crap. It falls apart. You have to replace it. It doesn't work. It frustrates people. It gets thrown in the bin. It isn't recycled. You know, somebody along or many people along that production timeline have got stiffed to make that thing. That's wrong. If you want to buy that stuff, fine. I don't want to have anything to do with it. I'm going to make really high quality things made by good people who are well treated and well paid. And at the end of it, you'll get an amazing thing. It will last a long time. That's what I care about. That is my environmental policy. Um, I know the people who made all the stuff. I know that they're not getting downtrodden. Um, So with that value come really high quality fabrics, thought about design, great customer service, um, which is basically me and my wife, Emily. We are customer service. We know everything about the company and about the jackets. And we're going to go the extra mile for you. Um, you know, but we, we this is our life. <laughs> so we have to pay for it. We have to sell jackets. So I'm not going to sell a jacket for 200 quid because I couldn't afford to. I wouldn't be able to. So I sell a jacket for 400 quid. You get an amazing jacket. I get to live. It's a symbiotic relationship. Quite simple. You get an amazing jacket with all the best fasteners, the best zips, the best linings, the best fabrics, the best cut. It's the best. If you don't want the best, you can't afford the best. I couldn't always afford the best. I was on the dole in my early 20s. I would have loved to have had a jacket like Fran, but I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Well, I wouldn't give anyone shit for it. So uh, it's an expensive jacket. You don't have to buy it. Um, right. So this field jacket, let's, let's polish off. It has a beautiful lining, which is um, an a Italian herringbone design it's from uh, Como I think and um, it's fast drying and it's odor resistant so again it's that bit of practicality that performance that you bring in without showing its performance that's a thing with me is increase the performance 
without displaying it. Um, I really hate those flappy labels with um, all the size and information, etc., on them. So um, instead, we do beautiful silk embroidered labels, um, which are which are sewn on, onto the inside. Everything has to be beautiful. Everything has to be better. You've got to rethink things. And I think that's the advantage for me of not having had uh, a degree in fashion or textiles or, or even product design. It is the world is my oyster. I have no restrictions. Nobody told me I haven't been thinking in a certain way for decades. I just go, well, I don't like that. So we should change it. And then somebody might say, well, you don't normally do that. And you go, well, uh, let's just do it anyway. Yes, but that will cost you another extra two quid. And I go, yeah, but I'm trying to make really good jackets, so let's just do it. You know, it's fascinating how factories, as, as I've worked with, have gone, yes, but we don't normally do that. Other brands don't do that. You go, well, that's exactly why we want to do it then, isn't it? <laughs> it's exactly why. But it will cost you another couple of quid. And you go, well, yeah, but it's a two quid. Yeah, but you add that up. And it's funny because that most mentalities of the bigger brands is margin, 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 is eke it out, save two pence there, save 10 pence there. Don't spec that, spec this instead. They'll never notice. I hate that attitude. I hate it. I can't, I couldn't develop products for brands that way because it would frustrate the crap out of me, you know, but we could have made it so much better, but we didn't because we wanted this huge margin. It just bothers me. Uh, right, so to finish off in the field jacket, it's a beautiful micro fleece um, uh, neck and uh, neck lining again everything's soft and gorgeous and um i think i'm done on that one it has all kinds of extra things like the split of the hem so that you can sit down and it's more comfortable um yeah it's lovely uh, and it gets amazing reviews that's the thing is our products get incredible reviews um the proof is in the pudding the pudding is online every single review unedited none have been uh, rescinded. I haven't taken any reviews away. I've never refused a, a review. I can do that. I, and I don't you have to trust me on that. They're all very, well, almost all the verified. I think if somebody doesn't do a certain thing with their email address, it's non-verified. Um, but look at those reviews. Uh, I mean, that sells the jackets. Forget about what I'm saying. Right, field jacket. Next one to be released was the Harrington. Um, I've always loved Harrington jackets. Harrington jackets are a simple, classic design. So different for the field jacket. I like field jackets because there's lots of stuff on them. There's lots going on. A Harrington is simple. It's basically uh, a simple jacket with a zip down it. Um, simplistically, Harrington jackets are used by mods and, you know, James Dean and... Um, Steve McQueen, um, the very cool 50s, 60s uh, sort of era, um, sort of American, British, sort of Anglo-Atlantic Anglo feel to them, uh, which I like. Um, usually they're lined. Um, there's certain facets that I just didn't want to use for my Harrington. Um, again, I want to modernise it. Uh, I want to simplify it and improve it. So I really like a sort of old-school motorcycle aesthetic. And so this Harrington jacket has uh, padded shoulders. It has a second layer of fabric to strengthen it on the shoulders. Um, I think that that makes it um, a little bit more chunky and masculine. Um, and those are really nice uh, lines, I guess. Why does that look better? 
don't know, just does. Um, I wanted a chest pocket. I really like chest pockets. I think they're very useful and practical. And again, putting things on the chest masculinizes things because we want our chest to be bigger. And we want our stomachs to be smaller. So don't put loads of stuff on the stomach, put them on, put them higher up if you can, as long as it's practical, because if you put loads of stuff high, it will hang, you know, and, and if you have the wrong fabric and you don't have a tough fabric, it will, um, it will spoil the shape of that jacket. Um, I don't know how much there is to say about the Harrington. It's just a beautiful thing. It uses the same fabric. So I really adore this stay wax fabric from uh, British Mulleraine. Um, again, machine washable, tough, has a lovely feel and look. Um, things like the micro fleece that I put on the inside of the cuffs and the neck to make it really comfortable. Um, also, something I didn't mention with the field jacket and I, is also present in the Harrington is ventilation. So I love putting something on the shoulders, again, to make the shoulders look bigger, it sort of masculinizes it. Masculinizes? Don't know. Um, it, things. And what happens is you build up warm air inside your jacket. And it needs somewhere to go. Otherwise, that's when you get hot, sweaty. Um, so essentially, you have holes in the back and the shoulders, and warm air is pumped through them. It rises through the jacket, and it gets pumped with your movement out through these holes. Um, and they look rather lovely. So they're a lovely design feature. They also work, as everything should. Um, and that is uh, had two large vents on the field jacket, and then a single, what I call jet vent, because it just has a really nice sort of... Uh, motor vehicle sort of clean, fast look to it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just, I'm dashing through really, because I've said so much about the design detail on the field jacket, which is relevant to the Harrington. Um, it, it, the difference for the field jacket for me is more of a sort of real, what well, it's called the utility field jacket for a reason. It's a very wide usage. It works in a city, but also in the countryside. Um, the Harrington can work anywhere, but it has much more of an urban look and feel to it. It's a going out on Friday night jacket, whereas the field jacket is a, a mooching about on a Sunday lunchtime sort of jacket, <laughs> if I specify specific things. And I guess I've done the photography that way as well. Right, so the next jacket is um, the uh, lightweight workers jacket. So I guess because of the time of year I released it and because of getting better known and better reputation, it's been the fastest selling um, and it's pretty much sold out. There's only a few of the uh, less common sizes left. And uh, my concept behind the worker's jacket is most worker's jackets are quite heavy, uh, cotton, um, which isn't terribly practical. They're worn by artists. Uh, it has a sort of lefty... Uh, sort of Chinese, Russian, French sort of feel to it. It's quite left field, quite creative. Um, but what I love about it specifically, it's a very practical lightweight jacket. And I wanted to make it lighter weight. I wanted a jacket that I could throw on when it's a bit in between. When it's 18 degrees and it's kind of sunny, but it's not quite warm enough. When you're sat outside the pub in the evening and the sun goes down and you don't want to wear, carry around a heavy jacket, something you can fold up or you can tie around your waist. Um, and specifically, because that's what I do, I tie jackets around my waist during the day when it's warm and sunny and then put them on in the evening, I want a jacket that didn't crease. So I spent a lot of time looking for a fabric that um, is really lovely and breathable. And in this case, we found a fabric that's also showerproof, which just happens to be an extra sort of handy thing, but 
keeps itself really crisp and neat. Um, I think that's really useful. It's, this jacket is a way you can wear it in the office, inside, indoors as well, which I think is one of the attractions of it, but also kicking about, um, you know, summer's evening, morning, you know, on a mild day. Um, but you can wear it all day and it continues to look crisp. I can throw it in a pile on the floor or throw it into a back backpack and pull it out days later and wear it and be smart straight away. I fucking love that stuff, you know, and the fact this fabric, I mean, I, I genuinely, <laughs> you can tell, I just love that stuff, is um, this fabric uh, has a beautiful soft feel to it. Um, it's not feminine, but it just has that lovely sort of, ooh, thing. And again, because I, one of the reasons I love Freedom Independent Market is I get to see people's reactions and they have a look at the jacket. Oh, I like the look of that. Can I have a look? And they go, oh, that fabric's nice, isn't it? Ooh. Um, Oh yeah, another thing I didn't mention because there's so many different features. As I double stitch, I twin needle stitch almost everything. So it's tougher. Toughness is a really important thing for me. Longevity, things you can actually do stuff in that will continue to work. That's important, but it must also be elegant and beautiful, but masculine. And it's about finding that that Venn diagram, that mid ground between all of those things. So it's not over masculine. And it's not overly lovely, so it falls apart. And just finding that, that place in between, so it's the best of all these worlds. Um, so, so this fabric is gorgeous. Uh, it's from uh, it's, it's sort of brushed feel to it. It's a cotton nylon mix, so um, I wouldn't ordinarily specify nylon, but nylon just gives it that toughness. It means that it doesn't have that, that creasing, uh, and it just gives it the performance qualities that we need. Um, at the end of the day, I'd rather not use synthetic materials, but I am here to make great jackets. And I've decided to make that compromise. Um, so the buttons are a really lovely feature. They are, are real um, bone. Um, and they've again been brushed to match the fabric. They have a fantastic feel, they're very tough. And, and again, because I wanted a worker's jacket that, was, that had this real solidity to it, as well as this elegance, um, what I did was I backed the buttons. So there's a second button on the back of each of these, which makes it tougher. And then the um, the thread is, is is woven through many many times, and then woven around um, the sort of stalker thread that comes between the two buttons um, and bonded, so that you have a really really strong fixing to the jacket. I don't want these buttons falling off. Um, and you've got four cargo pockets at the front of this jacket, a bit like the field jacket. Um, and what and that's classic uh, worker's jacket thing, but I wanted to adapt that. So first of all, again, I I hate the fact that in a worker's jacket you have to put your hands down into it, um, and so your wrists are sort of the wrong shape and it's uncomfortable. So I I don't know if anyone else has done this, but um, I'm not aware of it. I put um, hand pockets behind the cargo pockets. Um, I just think it's a much more comfy thing to do. And I'm always looking for improvements and innovations to do something different. So people online go, oh, you can get a worker's jacket anyway. And you go, yeah, you can. But it won't have that extra thought and detail I put into it. I hope that doesn't sound too arrogant. Um, on the top, I wanted a little bit of contrast. Um, so uh, one is a button uh, chest pocket and the other is a zip chest pocket. And of course, zips make things that a little bit more secure. Um, and I really love that thing that Oswald Boateng does and Richard James on, um, uh, on Savile Row, huge Savile Row fan, very influenced by that, is um, contrast colour. So subtle contrast colour. So something that's probably one colour on the outside, 
but on the inside, like the trims, the labels, zips, maybe the, there is contrast color. So these jackets also have red, uh, uh, red zip, uh, red trim on the inside, uh, red labels. And I think that really pings off. And it's something that gets mentioned all the time. You go, oh, I love the little red thing you occasionally get a flash of. Um, yeah, um, I'm just really proud of all these jackets. I'm really proud of this uh, this lightweight. I, it's the, I basically live in it at the moment because it's sort of 18 to 22 degrees most of the time at the moment. And it's, uh, it's perfect for that. Um, and then uh, lastly, we have uh, the waterproof city coat. So I had to make a waterproof. I mean, I couldn't be a jacket company without making a waterproof. But my problem, I'm going to have a sip of tea. It's cold. Yum. Um, not surprising the amount of talking. So with waterproofs, what I hate about waterproofs is this crinkly plastic thing um, that makes a lot of sense. You know, if you want something to be uh, a, a barrier to water, you need uh, essentially something that's plastic. But I don't buy into that. I know how waterproof jackets work about the, you know, the three layer system. And I thought, okay, I need an outer layer that doesn't look waterproof. That has a matte classic, um, uh, dapper sort of, um, uh, natural feel to it. Um, but on the inside using these layers, uh, it's waterproof. And so we eventually found a fabric, uh, again, uh, in Italy, um, that it, it, as soon as we saw it, we went, Oh, wow. That's the one. I love those moments where you're just going through so many fabrics, piles and piles of fabrics, samples, and you suddenly go, yeah, there you go. We got it. It's really bloody expensive. It's very, very, very expensive stuff. It's absolutely murderous. And this jacket is 495 quid RRP. And honestly, oh, uh, we really could have made it 800 quid. It, it is the most expensive fabric I've ever specced. But I just didn't feel I could go that high. Um, so the margin isn't great on that. That's our harder cheese. Um, and uh, why is it so expensive? Why is it so special? Well, it is this beautiful um, woven cotton fabric, which is a waterproofing treatment. Um, and then on the inside, it has this lovely inner a waterproof layer, which is very soft. Um, the whole thing is just very tactile. It is unlike a waterproof jacket you're used to. It's basically, if you think of a beautiful uh, Mac, it's a beautiful Mac, but it's properly waterproof. Um, and what it does do though, is you don't get that beading. If you were out in heavy rain for half an hour in the waterproof city coat, eventually the beading would stop and you go, ooh, hang on Because uh, on a plastic jacket, it would just keep beading and beading and beading. But with this, it eventually soaked through to the outer layer because it's cotton. Um, that's not a problem. You'll stay waterproof. It won't get in, but that's how I find that compromise between having a beautiful jacket that doesn't look like a shiny plastic waterproof, but still does the job of a shiny plastic, plastic waterproof jacket. And I did, I did that because that's the space I want to inhabit. I want to inhabit a space where, uh, you wear a really beautiful jacket to a meeting let's say you got to i think about you know one of the more most testing extremes of a smart outfit is you go for a i've gone to them you know investment meetings in the city 
you're really smart, you might be wearing a tie, you know, it's an important meeting. Oh, great, it's pissing with rain. Oh, dear. Um, I want to be able to put on a jacket which is going to protect me from that, which is going to go over a suit. It's got a hood, which I'll come into in a second. So I am fully protected and I can arrive with confidence, not soaking wet, not hot because it's breathable. And I can turn up and go, yeah, nailed it. And maybe people will go, ooh, nice taste. <laughs> Something wacky like that. Um, but this jacket, yeah, it can be worn really smart in the city with a suit. Uh, it can be worn with a t-shirt and jeans. You can go for a dog walk in it. It's really tough. Um, that's another thing about this. You can just tell this this jacket is made to last. It's not going to get ripped by a bramble. Um, I've tried. I've literally dragged it through brambles. Brambles? I don't know what they are. Um, so with this jacket, people have really noticed how beautiful the detailing is on it. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, it's a really nice cut. It's just above the knee. Uh, it is on me anyway. I have a long back and short legs. Um, and... Um, it's just taking a classic and just making it better, as we always do. What I did do was that it's got a lovely smart collar, but I also, I like being able to turn a collar up. Um, I like to be able to wear a jacket without a hood, if it has a hood. So it's removable, you unbutton it. Um, and I'm just checking the time because I'm supposed to do a meeting in a second. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna, I've got a meeting right now. So. <laughs> finish off it has ventilation it's really lovely it's nice you, you should check it out online um that was my design rationale and talking through the jackets hopefully you enjoyed it and if you didn't um why are you still here bye well thank you very much for getting to the end i recorded that um over a month ago and i haven't got to it until now because I've been on holiday and been really knackered, which is a crap excuse. But it's just as relevant now as it was then. Um, what has changed though is that I'm now designing for 2020 and 2021 and there's some very interesting new jackets coming our way. We don't replace jackets, um, we simply add very slowly and carefully to the collection when we have really, really good jackets to add. So eventually there will be six or eight jackets, but right now there's four. Um, if you want anything new, you'll have to wait a while. Um, it is a really, really good, fun process, and it does take a while to get into. But if you ever want to make jackets, give it a go. It's really bloody hard, but then all the good stuff is, really, isn't it? Um, do follow us on Instagram, Framjacket, or go to our website, Framjacket.com, or like and subscribe, I think is what everyone says about podcasts. Um, you can write a really shitty review about how boring I am, if you like, or a really nice review, which is much better. Um, even so, completely lost my thread there um do have a smashing time doing stuff that you like and look after yourself take care bye